Hello and welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Today, I'm really pleased to have with us Jeff Lambert, who is founder and chairman of Lambert Global, a firm that specializes in uh, in uh, in not only full service PR but also in investor relations. More importantly, today he's here at, in his global in his role as global chair of PROI Worldwide, which is unique in the fact that it's a coalition and collection of independent PR firms. I'm really pleased to have Jeff here on the podcast today. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the interest and and I love uh, love India and everything that I've experienced. So thank you for having me on. Thank you, uh, Jeff. Uh, PROI is holding its has uh, is currently holding its uh, meeting in India, and uh, I believe what I understand is that a lot of the firms presented their results and also gave a point of view on the new wins. So having observed that over the last few days. What is your take on on the trends within the growth about the growth of PR among independent firms? You know, I think the uh, the the PROI worldwide organization is a, is a group of agencies from sixty different countries in in uh, more than eighty different uh, cities. Uh, you know, within those, and it's really in a an organization that is on the front line of progress and technology and uh, is the largest partnership of agencies in the world. And I, we also like to say we're the most ambitious. And being the most ambitious is trying to identify trends and being early on, on what's happening from uh, artificial intelligence to, you know, chat GPT and all the things that that, that involves uh, to Again, uh, you know, in the investor world, things that that may include activist investors or uh, the markets, the markets that have been uh, dominated by retail investors. More, more interestingly, which which I noted, uh, you know, I, I did some reading about uh, about India prior to coming and heard some great presentations from our partners and. Uh, you know the the investor community is significantly larger in India and over the last decade, amazingly so. And so for me, it has been uh, it has been learning, it's been sharing, and that's what the feedback that I get from our other partners is. This is about both uh, a development as agencies, as PR agencies, and integrated marketing firms but also about personal development, that we grow as leaders, which I think makes us better practitioners, makes us better bosses, uh, and really helps uh, helps the entire organization that we represent. But specifically, uh, what, what have you noticed or what have you observed about the growth, uh, the, the revenue growth and the year-on-year growth for independent firms, given the fact that uh, growth, uh, especially after COVID, is, and even before COVID, that trend was there, the bigger international firms had uh, started flattening out in terms of uh, their growth. Uh, India is an exception to that global rule. It is still doing quite well. But uh, in terms of the independent firms, when you, if you compare them specifically to the larger uh, global firm, firms, what have, what have you observed about the growth? Yeah, I mean, I have I, I have actual statistics to, to say that uh, as, an, as a group, we grew uh, to $1.12 billion dollars across our agencies, which is a record. Uh, and 86% of our agencies in the partnership uh, grew in uh, in 2022. So uh, we are definitely seeing growth and you have you know outliers like ad factors in India, uh, which is you know our, our partner in India, uh, they they grew uh, more than 25%. Uh, we had certainly had agencies that that grew twenty to thirty percent, but on the whole, 
again, 86% of our agencies grew and they are, they're all independent. That's one of the unique things about our partnership is we're all independents. In most cases, the leading agency in a, in a country. And we think the agility of being independent uh, is has been very helpful. And again, I talked about technology and innovation, and uh, you know our ability to be uh, to be agile gives us an upper hand to the global agencies. Uh, you mentioned, of course, a lot of uh, technology related uh, aspects which have come up. We, of course, talk about AI and and metaverse, and now the Chat GPT. Uh, challenge. If you speak to the PR firms in India, at least, um, there was a lot of excitement around uh, Metaverse last year, and there were plenty of campaigns, but those were really done by advertising agencies, uh, not by PR firms. And now the excitement around the Metaverse seems to have kind of died down. Uh, A significant reason for that is a lack of budget. So uh, even uh, clients are not sure how exactly to leverage. Uh, do you see the same thing happening uh, to the to chat gpt given that there are a lot of fears among pr professionals that they would lose their uh, that they would might suffer from job loss yeah i think i don't think it's going to be a net job loss but i do think it can make us more efficient i think it's going to create new roles you know kind of an editor or a, i've heard conductor in chief uh, of because it's both what you put in to chat gpt and other ai engines uh, but it's also, you know, it gets smarter over time, and but still is not, is not, does not replace people. And so I think that's, you know, there's a, I think some of the fear is because of lack of knowledge. Uh, but I would absolutely encourage any PR professional to to start to play with it, to become active, to understand what it is. Uh, and the same goes for Meta. It, I, I in in the in the U.S. market, Meta was, you know, it was in everyone's conversation a year ago, and now it really isn't. Uh, obviously, crypto and blockchain, um, I, st- I still think will be part of uh, how companies interact, uh, but it's it's definitely fallen off uh, fallen off the priority list. And I think ChatGPT is is an engine that uh, is absolutely um, uh, is, is absolutely it's amazing. It's 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 a wonderful technology, but it uh, it's long and far away from replacing people in the basics of writing press releases or doing statements or, you know, the elements that we do every day, there needs to be, uh, there needs to be nuance. So it can, in in a production line, it can create some quick content, uh, but it's not going to be specialized. In in many cases, it may actually be not factual because it takes trend information. It doesn't take proven information. And so I think that, you know, you, you're going to still need to do research. You're going to still need to verify sources. Uh, and, uh, and so I think that that's, you know, there, there's an aspect of it that can, that can give you great structure. And, you know, we're, we're seeing our, in some of our agencies are using it for, uh, for creating unique images. Uh, again, we need social content. Uh, and you can create a unique image. I think that's a great use of ChatGPT, uh, where you know again, again you wouldn't maybe be able to afford designing custom uh, photography. It just makes your content better versus replacing a person. Absolutely, um, I, I use it myself to to draft questions. Of course, you have to edit them later. There's no doubt. But yes, it's an excellent first draft. Of, of things. Uh, so to come back to the growth uh, figures that you had mentioned earlier, I'm curious, uh, do, uh, do you see that uh, the larger brands, uh, the larger companies, do they access 
uh, networks like uh, PROI for uh, for work as a network. Not so I'm not they, talking about individual firms, but uh, do they uh, come to PROI say for a campaign which can be picked up in various uh, corners of the world by uh, by various companies under PROI? You know, typically, typically the 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 host country of that of that brand or company usually comes to the agency and looking for international support. You know, we don't we don't compete with the holding companies from a brand perspective. We more compete with them from a service perspective. And so it, it's it's pretty rare that they would just call, you know, go go to our website or, you know, send an email to proi.com and uh, and ask, you know, ask for an agency to represent them globally. Uh, however, we do have opportunities to submit as a team, uh, you know, cross country on RFPs, on campaigns, on programs. Uh, and we had a couple of presentations today. Again, there's 40 different countries in the room today uh, represented. And we had some case studies of in one case, a, a food and, uh, and commodities business that worked with uh, 12 different agencies Another case, uh, a consumer product that worked with seven different agencies. And so it definitely happens, uh, but typically it's that home relationship. And I, I think that's just a natural, you know, so much of our business comes through relationship, trust, reputation. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, the PROI brand is less important as the people that make it up. That's an interesting uh, insight into how the whole, so how the PROI system works. Uh, to come back to uh, ESG and some of the ESG-related topics, I thought that the questions shared about uh, the role of agency rela- uh, leadership in ESG was uh, very interesting. So, how do you see the role of independent uh, agency leaders in um, in the entire ESG question, which is now currently? internationally facing a bit of backlash because uh, there are major automobile companies and oil companies who have cut down on their commitments uh, to ESG, for example. So keeping that in mind, uh, how would you outline the role of uh, PROI and independent firms in advancing the ESG uh, topic? You know, I think we have a tremendous opportunity uh, and really it's a, it's one of a handful of these types of consulting services that bring us into the boardroom. And I think that much of ES, what much of what ESG is about is it is telling telling a story of how the, you know from this the things you do today impact down the line tomorrow or the supply chain or or for 10 years from now. And I think that's you know this that narrative piece, uh, is absolutely in the wheelhouse of us as communicators, uh, and it's also an opportunity to work with the CEOs and the CFOs and the board uh, board chairs on this very essential element. I think what what's going to be interesting is the pullback that may naturally happen as ESG uh, you balance uh, ESG demand or demands from your investors or other stakeholders. With the financial, uh, you know, the financial implications of doing uh, doing some of those things. So I know India is looking to to get to a you know a net zero uh, basis. That's a that's a wonderful goal, but that has high very high cost. And so you know every every 
automotive company or manufacturing company or even service company is looking and saying, okay, if I if I push the deadline, if I move slow slower on some of these initiatives, there's an economic benefit to that. And in difficult times and high inflation environments, these are the types of things that that some people view as as optional, uh, as discretionary. And I think that's our role as communicators is to is to convey the importance, but also to make sure that they're thinking of all their stakeholders. So a public company is mostly being driven uh, to to serve the the investor, but what about the employee? What about the community that they're in, the people that they they work with on the supply side? So I think we have a tremendous opportunity in identifying uh, you know who needs to who needs to hear what they hear and, and being at, at the decision making table. I, th- I think what uh, what you've said is really interesting. What I found very interesting is that ESG is a sort of a gateway window to getting into the boardroom and getting in uh, getting into that conversation directly. So when that conversation happens, uh, what is it that what are the very simply what are the skills that a communicator needs to have to be able to impress and and come across as a truly strategic partner in the boardroom? Yes, so much of what we talked about over the last few days really relates to this is the skill that PR people need to have is is business knowledge and and relating what we do every single day to business impact. And that's a you know that's the most important thing is to the skill set is work on work on understanding the business that you are representing or that you work inside of, understand the industry and the dynamics. Uh, and how what you communicate or what you do as a company impacts revenue, impacts profits, impacts stock price. And those are really that I would say as a skill set, oftentimes overlooked, uh, even in education, uh, over, overlooked. And cr- it's not just creative. It's not just content. It's not just being a good writer. Uh, it is to understand why are we telling the story? Why are we promoting our ESG efforts. There needs to be a benefit. There needs to be a business outcome. That That is indeed um, extremely true. In India, I must say that there are companies like Mahindra and Mahindra and, and Tata who really, they even have separate communication leads for ESG, which is quite rare. And uh, it's really interesting how they've uh, gone about uh, doing it and keeping in mind that Europe is soon expected to come out with even tougher ESG norms and how that will impact Indian companies who operate in Europe. So it's a very interesting conversation. Um, uh, given your uh, you know deep background in investor relations, uh, what happened with uh, with Adani this year is is very well known, and uh, the fact that uh, uh, activist uh, uh, stakeholders and shareholders, more specifically, are on the rise uh, all over the world. You've seen that with Disney. You've seen that with McDonald and uh, how how pork is uh, being handled? You've seen uh, we've seen that with uh, with uh, with Disney of late. Uh, so uh, with this kind of uh, do, do you think that firstly uh, two parts is is uh, shareholder activism on the rise uh, or is it just that it's being observed more? Uh, B uh, what are the implications for high level uh, communication? It's almost like a consulting than you would do at that level. Uh, when it comes to situations like these, that there's really no uh, preparing for it fully because when something like that hits, I mean, uh, they made many mis- missteps, which which it's quite impossible to actually be perfectly uh, communicative in that situation. So, what is your what is your view on the trend of 
the trend itself and what can you really do to prepare yeah so i think the you know perhaps it's ironic that the rise of the uh, the public markets in india and you know going from you know 21 million retail investors to 115 million retail investors over the last decade has perhaps put you more on the radar screen of activist investors so the the good and the bad of of that uh, but absolutely activist investor activity is on the rise globally certainly uh, the the largest markets which are in the US uh, it, it has risen and some of that is the effect of the economy so struggling companies oftentimes are are more of a target uh, for activist investors but then you have uh, you know what what mo- most recently happened with again this attack uh, in in uh, and the Adani group and and on that uh, they you know it was a group that has a history of doing this to higher profile uh, higher profile companies and um, we actually worked with uh, Nikola Motors which was uh, was a, uh, a hydrogen truck company they were one of the first to have the similar activist issue and uh, and I think that. You know, is it on the rise? Definitely. Uh, is it is it a concern? Uh, you know, you need to be prepared for it, and the best way to be prepared for it, uh, again, is is to be a good you know be a good steward, be a good uh, be a good actor. But then also, how do you respond when it happens? And so, getting out in front of it, and again, I, I I'm not a student on all the details outside of the first thing. Uh, would have been to find allies in the investor base, find people that will refute or re- refute the, that information or defend the the company. They don't want any more uh, the stock to go down than the owners do, uh, and and so to find to find allies and really try to learn from the other attacks. So I think that's the you know we we work both on the activist side and. Uh, and for companies. So we kind of see both. And it really, we do both because we want to know, understand their tactics. Uh, and, uh, and so I think a piece, a piece of that is really, uh, is really important to, you can only prepare so much, but um, I think it's a, it's an opportunity to how you respond is most critical. Absolutely. The best protection is, is really to have a great corporate uh, reputation and to actually be a trusted company. So that uh, is actually acts like a very good uh, protection. Um, Just a last few couple of uh, questions before we conclude. Um, Coming back to independent firms, India is quite an exception where the largest firm by by a great margin is an independent firm. That's not the case in in many, uh, many other markets. So uh, as a whole, especially post uh, COVID, which which people were expecting to see a consolidation of such uh, firms, uh, do you see uh, independent firms very much maintaining their uh, position in the world of PR in other markets as well? Is there a rise, a fall or all status quo when it comes to the growth and uh, addition of firms? I think the independents will always have a strong place in the PR marketing world. Uh, and the, those that will, that will thrive will be those who are more entrepreneurial uh, and again, we these are all businesses. These are these are not hobbies. And so, I think independent firms uh, that 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 really grow and continue to thrive will be those that uh, that that learn from other business leaders, that learn from their clients. I've been a student of my clients for years, and you can learn a lot of really smart things when you're talking to CEOs every day. 
And so I think the strong firms will be will be those that are strong businesses. Uh, at the same time, I think there there's will always be this attrition that happens with the large the large global agencies and people just get tired of uh, of call it the the mill that we're doing the same stuff every day and uh, we have these expectations without creativity. And so I think there will always be the the opportunity for. Uh, for the underdog to start something, for the the entrepreneur, for the young person that believes that they are o- overlooked and unappreciated, and they can they can they, they can do it better. And that's you know I started my agency 25 years ago in my basement, and I was 26, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I felt unappreciated, and I felt like I could do it better. And you know it's been successful, and we've grown. Uh, quite nicely, but it really was. I think I learned very early on, fortunately, from other people that it's we're running businesses, just like we need to understand business, the business of our clients. We need to understand the business of PR so we can be successful. That's that's actually it's nice. To, uh, yes, everybody has an independent flair, and India has uh, since the opening of the economy has really tasted entrepreneurship in a very big way, and is hungry for that. Uh, last uh, two questions, uh, you know, d- depending on and uh, reflecting on what you've been seeing in the last couple of days, uh, what would you say are the top trends and opportunities for uh, independent firms in uh, in the future? You know, I think uh, specifically independent firms in India, I would look and in, 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 again, this opportunity to be knowledgeable and even expert on the technology side. So whether that's digital media relations or chat GPT uh, or, uh, you know, or aspects of, of how, uh, how we monitor the, the, the media and influencers and the effect of that, I think being, uh, being technologically savvy is a very important thing that really is, was a very common theme, but is very important for, for entrepreneurs. I mentioned it several times, but this idea of understanding the business of your clients, I think, is a, a, a real opportunity, over, oftentimes overlooked by the independent agencies. Uh, and then I think looking at the industries and the sectors that are growing. So, you know, the, you know, you should, you should look around, you should pay attention, you should, you know, read the, read the media and the business media and say, okay, what, what industries are growing automotive, healthcare, or uh, manufacturing, you were, you know, India is a knowledge-based industry or knowledge-based economy, but there's so many other sectors that are rapidly growing. So find an expertise and pursue the, pursue the sectors that are the most successful. That is uh, indeed true. To recap uh, my last question in two parts. Uh, one is that uh, Indian PR industry has a lot of women and also has a lot of uh, young uh, young employees under the age of 30. And uh, given that, uh, who can become very restless and, uh, you know, some somewhere they feel frustrated that they're reduced to calling up journalists and, you know, hearing them slam down the phone. So given this kind of frustration, uh, what suggestion can you offer to them that there is hope around the tunnel? A second, a soft personal question. How did you and your wife like the Taj Mahal? <laughs> Great. Well, I, I'm going to answer the first one first. Uh, the, the 
Taj Mahal was wonderful. Absolutely, you know, maybe surprisingly so at the at the level of detail for a, a building of that age and that scale. Uh, and uh, you know, I've I was I, I'm a consumer of of Indian goods. I've invested in the economy with uh, with some some wonderful uh, local uh, local spices and uh, cashmere rug and uh, and some and some marble. And it's been a wonderful experience. So I'm definitely coming back. I may never leave, uh, but uh, you know, it's it's been a wonderful experience. I think for the young person, uh, that young PR person, and. You know, I obviously can't speak from a, a woman's perspective, but I can speak to, you know, that that feeling of I want to do more. And I think that we we are responsible for our own learning. And so I would suggest that they look for opportunities whenever they can to to raise their hand on maybe a project that they don't know a lot about, but they can uh, they can they can learn about it or maybe they on their own. Find uh, find some new journalists or bloggers that they can reach out to. Uh, that are you know read the read the media, read read uh, things about industries that you're not involved in. Become the go to person. I think about when I my, my most successful young people, people that started as an intern or a junior, and are now my partners. Uh, it was because they uh, they were curious, they were driven, and um, and they weren't necessarily patient. Uh, they simply found uh, found opportunities to grow their education in in the PR industry, and so I think that's that would be my advice: is you don't have to be patient. You can be hungry and you can be driven, uh, but but you know make your make your own mark, uh, raise your hand, volunteer for those those assignments that maybe other people aren't, and you've quickly become uh, highly valued to your to your peers and to your and to your leaders. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, my takeaways from uh, the interview today, uh, it's been really interesting. My first takeaway is that uh, the ESG route is very important and it gets you face time with the important people in the boardroom. So that's something which PR folks should definitely uh, explore. If you're a young PR person, uh, a little bit of tough talking there, you have to be responsible for your own growth. So, uh, so carry on up, onwards and upwards uh, and try and invest in your own learning. And uh, if you have uh, food and ordering in budget, perhaps it's time to have a learning budget as well for yourself. Uh, with that, I'd like to thank Jeff Lambert on his maiden visit to India. Jeff is chair, a global chair of PROI Worldwide. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate spending time with you today. Thank you.